Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of the Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and uh, okay, guys, we got this really cool episode for you. Um, much like a previous one, and I'm sure you heard that I am not alone in my little Moby studio that is wonderful and whatnot, that someone popped a fucking white claw <laughs> right when the theme was playing. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, there's so few people that get to be uh, entertaining and things like that. And I luckily get to be joined by someone who is incredibly smart and talented and well-versed and read, especially in the Bible. And I sure as shit am not, especially if you've been listening throughout this entire run of it. Because if, you know, you are those scholars and who are from Columbus or New York, who have been listening, uh, know that I have been pronouncing the latest book incorrectly. Uh, Nehemiah? No, it's... <laughs> Nehemiah. Nehemiah. K-N-E-E-Amaya, as opposed to N-E-H-E. That's how we learned how to say it when we were in church. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so, I mean, My take son- it for what you will. <laughs> <laughs> My Sunday school did not cover that. They were mostly... They were mostly trying to sell me on Jesus, I think. And, you know, you're a bad boy. And some of that stuff stuck. But um, today, what we're going to do, because my lovely wife has been like, I need to read the girl chapters. And so uh, if you the go back. The girl books. The girl, uh, the girl books, I guess. Yeah. Um, you're correct. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> so she's done Ruth before. So if you want to hear what our setup was much like before, which I think we had the same equipment, I think, with the exception of the brand new desktop. But um, fucking dogs. Um, Laurel's going to be doing it once again, uh, this time with Esther. And as far as I know, the story of Esther comes in between uh, <laughs> Ezra and Nehemiah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, however, it is placed, obviously, after those events for whatever reason, because a lot of folks, as we have found out in our reviews, like to put Ezra and Nehemiah together and then just have um, Esther be kind of her own story that is free-floating in between it. So I don't know anything necessarily about this. Well, she's not even mentioned in the previous books, and it sounds like she'll be mentioned here. And hopefully she no. gets mentioned earlier much like <laughs> Nehemiah got mentioned like halfway through his own book, if not further. I done readed this recently. I know I you know. did. I was just trying to remember. It's been a the lot of years. The look on her face was like, this sounds like bullshit to me. No, it's been a lot of years. So I was just trying to remember. I was like, huh? Um, so that's kind of where we're sitting. Um, on I should be posting this today. But on Friday, I will, of course, have a little teeny tiny review, even though we're going to knock this out all in one kind of session, so it'll be kind of redundant, I'm sure. But we'll get, hopefully, a scholarly take on it, and we'll move from there. So Scholarly. Well, (laughs) scholarly meaning I Google search summary of Esther, and hopefully someone... um, It'll help that I'm reading it out of a user-friendly Bible. A user-friendly Bible? Yeah, well. (laughs) Yeah, also, she's not reading it from a King James one. She's doing it from... A new international version uh-huh. then there that know. i got for christmas from my mom and dad in 2006 holy shit um so the language is a little bit easier and if it's anything like the bible you gave me a long ass time ago it this i one gave here. you a bible 
Oh, I did give you a Bible. I forgot. Um, when I started this thing out, that like it has a bunch of really useful like little paragraphs and things like that. Or like, this is what this means. The whole first page is at a glance, and at it tells glance. you all about what we're going into. Oh well, let's not read that. No, I, I'm not. Let, let's be surprised. I wasn't. <laughs> but if there's anything pertinent that jumps up, for all means, we'll read that bad boy. And yes, and there was a couple of uh, books where I did read the little side notes thing is in here, but that was. Just too much work for my Bible right now. So, finally, getting into it after almost five minutes of blowing my wife, we will finally get into Esther. That is a horrible <laughs> phrase to use. I love using it, though. <laughs> All right, so. Um, pronunciation is hard. <laughs> just going to say yeah, that. Is it? Tell me all about it. Bitch, <laughs> I will cut you. Okay. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. Hmm. At that time, King Xerxes uh, reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. The military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were present. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the Holy. splendor and glory of his majesty. A third of the year, he was like, look how big my Persian dick is. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> is this the, do you think this is the same Xerxes that was from that movie 300? Because I think it is. Probably. Um, it's all around the same time. They mentioned. Right? Uh, I don't know that for sure, but. Uh, Xerxes. I'm assuming Xerxes it's the first. X E R X E S. Xerxes the Great was the fourth king, blah, blah, blah. Son Xerxer of Darius the Great. His mother was a t- blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he is, but uh, don't take my word for that. So, much like in previous chapters, listeners, I might have been correct about this that, like, watching 300 is almost barely biblical. <laughs> I don't think that's right, but whatever. <laughs> oh, God. She dropped her bookmark almost into her beer. Or something. What'd you find? As our listeners are listening with bated breath. I have breath. no idea. Student Guide, Session 5. Oh, cool. Was that it's just like something that I just stuck in my Bible at Here some it is. point. <laughs> okay, so we have Xerxes who's having this big-ass party for 180 okay. days with all the nobles and things. Yep. Just to do it. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa. Oh, okay. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. Hmm. Sounds lovely. I Yeah, I guess. There yeah. were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry. Porphyry. P O R P H Y R Y. All right, hold on. To the po- Google. <laughs> what the? Prophy? No, that's P- a dental term. P I R. P O R. P H Y R Y. Is there a book? No, no, there's not. Uh, uh, porf. I don't know. Porphyry. Porphyry. A hard engine in igneous rock containing crystals, usually of feldspar. Uh, reddish ground mass. Okay, so a rock. A rock. Okay, so that rock 
Marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. I guess if we kept reading, we would know that it was a stone. (laughs) Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. Liberality. Um, Like, that sounds awesome. So why? I don't know. My my question is not necessarily like why Xerxes is doing this. It's mostly because in the previous two books, we have kind of this reemergence of the Jewish people in Jerusalem and Judah and that whole. That'll be important. I'm I'm hoping so, but it's starting to sound like, you know, Xerxes was the or uh, Persia was the place to be, especially, like, oh, they built that wall over there and made everything great. Hey, by the way, we're gonna have, have this massive ass party. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm literally only in the first paragraph. Fuck. So <laughs> I couldn't tell uh, you. We're we're in for a treat, kids. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink in his own way, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. Oh, shit. Yeah, pretty cool. Queen Vashti, Vashti? Vashti, I think that's right. I don't know. Also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. Huh. On the seventh day when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him. (laughs) Okay. Serving him was not necessarily all tops, but all right. (laughs) Mehumane, Bistra, Harbona, Bigtha. (laughs) Harbona? Yeah. (laughs) What a terrible name for a eunuch. Bigtha. (laughs) Even worse. Abagatha? Abagatha? Yeah, I'm gonna abagath in there. <laughs> Zethar and Carcass. Car- wow, holy C-A-R-C-A-S, shit. C A R C A S, Carcass. Wow, my God, what a terrible, like, j- not for just like a eunuch, but just for like a person in general of like. Hello, my name is Carcass. Holy fuck. Are your parents morticians? No. In fact, I don't know what they do, but they love axes. <laughs> and the neighbors that keep disappearing. Y'all could see my faces. <laughs> <laughs> To bring before him Queen Vashti, is that what he said? Queen Vashti, wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the (laughs) attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Well, so would I, especially if I spent that much money on a crown and everyone's like, what's she look like? Well, let's go show you off. No. God damn it. <laughs> Women. Yeah, right? <laughs> can't live with them, can't. Uh, how does that? <laughs> Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Karsh- so wait a second, oh, hold on. Yep, 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 good. So much like our times, we have a man in, in high power who is asking a bunch of other men about a lady and what to do about her. You're correct. Huh. <clears throat> the times. Okay. Topical. <laughs> okay, so to those that were closest to him, Karshina, Sethar, Sethar, Admetha, hmm. Karshish, Mar- Maris, Marcena, and Mem- Memukin, the seven nobles of Persia Memukin. and Media, who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. Huh. Told you. Pronunciation is not yeah. easy. <laughs> Old Persian names. 
Whatever happened to like eventually we get to Mary and Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know, Paul, all Paul, those people. Saul. <laughs> That's the same person. John. Great exactly. names. All of the above. Matthew. <laughs> Luke. Vader, I think, is makes an appearance. Maybe. <laughs> According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti, he said, she has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Mm. Then Memucan replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. I mean, it sounds a little excessive for not just showing up to the party, but all right. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day... Oh, that was the end of the sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Would not come, period. (laughs) This very day, the Persian and Median women of of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. Well, There will be no end of disrespect and discord. I I can understand the thought, I suppose. Well, the queen did it, so like... Right, like... Whatever. Well, fuck. And she didn't get thrown out of the, like, the tallest tower of the palace, so like... Huh, all right. Also, Therefore, oh, also. It might like sour the whole party of like, hey, uh, where's your, uh, where's the queen? Oh, she'll be coming presently. Yeah. Can't do that. No. <laughs> that would look well, bad. Well, you could. It, I mean, you can, times. but it would, it would ruin the uh, 187 <laughs> day party. Party party? Might, <laughs> might have a bad taste in the mouth of like. Maybe. <laughs> Great party until he killed his wife. You know that. <laughs> Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. That sounds like a stupid plan. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Oh, oh, I see what they're going to do. Then when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. See, okay, I have I have a guess on what's going to happen. Is that they're like, oh, well, we're just going to shove Vashti aside, Vishti, Lady V, aside. We're going to find some other lady to just kind of yeah, take her place or whatever. So this is kind of like this argument of like, well, uh, if she's not going to come... I'll find someone who will. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. That's what he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what's going to happen, but I, I don't know. Oh, there's a nod, but I don't. Uh, she might be lying to us, kids. All right. Um, so we're going to find someone, someone else after we give her a royal decree. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice. So the king did as Mamukin proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom to each province in his own script and to each people in its own language, proclaiming in each people's tongue that every man should be ruler over his own household. I try my End best. End chapter one. <laughs> oh, that's it? All right. That's chapter one. <laughs> well, I try my best, but uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Otherwise, we'd never do any house projects. <laughs> the times they are a-changing, kids. I, no I am comment. no longer the authority <laughs> figure in my own house. Was he ever? No. No. Listen. I don't want you 
You know what? Good thing I'm only showing up twice for this, right? Yeah, no shit. The rest of it is all men talking. Yeah, no wonder men talked about the Bible for so damn long. Some bitch. Getting talked back. Give you a crown. If you and want everything. me to make another appearance, people, you just let him know in the comments. <laughs> I'm going to get a whole lot of lady listeners, if I have any, being like, you shut the fuck up. Bring Laurel back. In fact, you go sit your happy ass down. Let Laurel read the Bible. Yeah, she's more fun. <laughs> Okay, chapter two. Later, when the anger of King Xerxes had had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's Hmm. personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sounds great. (laughs) Let the king appoint uh, commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful girls into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai. 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 (laughs) The king's eunuch who is in charge of the women and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the girl who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. God, this plan is working out really well, I think. This advice appealed to the king and he followed it. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Of course it did. What a brilliant plan. I remember. Never mind. I'll say it in a minute after this. Okay. Now there was a citadel of Susa, a blah, blah, blah. now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shimi. Oh no, the son we got of one Kish, of these chapters. Who had been carried into oh. the exile from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. We went to Jerusalem. Reading is hard. Jerusalem. By Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Oh, okay. Among those taken captive was... Oh, big name? Jehoiakishin. And yet, like... King of Judah. Because of, like, the Matrix, anybody can say Nebuchadnezzar. But (laughs) God help us if it's a J with a bunch of vowels. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Anyway, so, okay, so is this the same Mordecai I'm going to run into yeah. later? So I'm assuming. I, I think so. For the next, I think it's like 15 books, this all happens pretty much in the same timeline. The next 15? Old Testament wise. Well, you get a lot of Psalms soon. Oh, I guess so. Because it's Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Yes. Song of Songs. <laughs> I guess. So. So later you'll get some more Mordecai, I think. But I think not yeah, right he's because I know he's one of the last ones, but I just didn't know if yeah. this was. No, you got to go through all the thousands of chapters of Psalms and uh, Proverbs first. God, those you are guys, pretty though. I bet you. Well, because I'm assuming they're all just like here's here's something cool to think about. Yeah. Um, and then I'm assuming we get to like slightly before zero A.D. Uh, with the beginning of the New Testament, I'm guessing with like mm-hmm. Matt, Mike, Luke. John. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yeah. <laughs> I like saying Mike, though. Isn't there a Michael? There is a Michael somewhere. Anyway. Somewhere, but it's Matthew and then Mark, not Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, okay, we're going to so go we're, find we're the best version. We're talking about Mordecai. And Mordecai. Okay, and Mordecai, yes. Mordecai gets paraded around. Does Spoiler he? alert. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God, Mordecai! Bring us your daughter! <laughs> um, Not quite. Close, though. Oh. Mordecai had a cousin named... Hadassah, whom hmm. he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This girl, Weird. who was also known as Esther, 
was lovely in form and features, and Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. All right, so brief history. Is that like... Can we assume that she was like she was an orphan, yeah. essentially? Or mm-hmm. do we go further and be like technically, you know, immaculate? I'm pretty Weird sure they just say conception. that she was an orphan. It wasn't an immaculate conception. I'm pretty sure they just say that she was an orphan. Okay. Well, I, like the historians or whatever. See, I was gonna assume the orphan way too, but the other way would be really like she can't be the Messiah because she has a that's vagina. That's say is the only like immaculate conception. Is Jesus should be? He's later. <laughs> yeah. Well, four hundred some years later, right? Like timeline, quote unquote. Yeah, because what did we say? We're around four sixty. Yeah. So four hundred and thirty. Well. This is yeah. going to be a long episode, isn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, you kids know it's going to be. Well, you know if you downloaded the episode, please download the episode and review. Anyway, um, an orphan girl. So Mordecai has Esther. taken yep. her, Esther, our yes. main protagonist. In chapter two, so not halfway through the book. Fuck. This is going to be a long day. Listen up, kiddos. Wow. <laughs> no, not for you. For like just me interrupting you all the time. That's okay. Okay. I think the last one we did was only like a three chapter. Was it? Isn't Ruth like Ruth four is like chapters? Four, like I think it's like. And six. I think it took us like two hours. <laughs> well, I got chatty and you got annoyed. Nah. I should re-listen to that and be like, yeah, at an hour and a half, you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let me read. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> when the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many girls were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. 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 Esther was also taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. I lost my place for a second. God, what an (laughs) awful, like, great job, but also to be that guy. Like, I see. Well, and he's a eunuch. Right. He's the red skull of this. I possess possess, uh, Mm -hmm. ownership. I can watch over a treasure I can never have. The girl pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned her to seven maids selected from the king's palace and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Hmm. So, once upon a time, there was uh, Veggie Tales. Were you ever privy to Veggie Tales? I am aware it exists. So there's an Esther version of Veggie Tales. There's like a whole like half hour segment about Esther. All right. And I remember there was like this beauty pageant scene where they did like the runway model walk With as them. vegetables. <laughs> what was Esther? Do you remember? Like An asparagus, maybe? <laughs> like, I don't remember exactly what she was, but it was funny. The dogs did not agree with me. No, she's a vegetable. We fucking hate him. Okay. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Oh. But Esther is Jewish. Mordecai right. is Jewish. But she did not tell anybody that she's Jewish. Which I guess makes sense, but is I the think... the translation here. I think Xerxes or Artaxerxes or whoever, actually, like, uh, Nehemiah was a Jew, I think. Or he was just a cupbearer. I'm not really too sure. Or he was taken with the Jews. Anyway... So, I mean, if this is in between, this might be like, hey, mm-hmm. it's a touchy subject. Yeah. We might want to nurture her. Okay. So, blah, blah, blah. every day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what ha- was happening to her. <laughs> Before a girl's turn came to go to King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women. 12 months? A whole year of, like, you got a really pretty... We have to scrub a lot of grime off of you peasants. 
six months with oil of myrrh and six with perfumes and cosmetics. All right. Is there any like etiquette training or is it just like we got to bathe you fuckers? In this? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem in the care of Fashasigaz. Fashasigazaz. Shashgaz. Sheshgaz. There's two A's in the middle of his name together. <laughs> okay, so she, she goes in the evening, and I'm assuming her and Xerxes don't just talk. I don't know. Um, they might, but like, <laughs> you know, then like in the morning, the Shashgaz guy comes the up. The king's and... eunuch who's in charge of the concubines. Oh, so there's one who's in charge of the harem and one's in charge of the concubine? Okay, so maybe this is a geisha thing. Like... You're not necessarily a prostitute if you're in the harem, but if you're a concubine, you are definitely banging. Probably. Okay. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. What a good lady. <laughs> when the turn came for Esther, the girl Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle, uh, Ab... What? <laughs> wow. It's like a little parenthesis. Abahail. I'm assuming Abigail eventually came from that, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the harem, suggested. Okay. Haggai. I like and... I like that they always say that. Haggai, in charge of the harem. <laughs> There's like five times There must be like six so Haggai's who were like in that <laughs> palace of like, Haggai, oh, you don't want to go to that Haggai. No, the fucking one in charge of the harem, not, <laughs> not the player, idiot. Oh. Anyway. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, the 10th of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Okay, so she didn't even do the full year. She she got there in the 10 months. I guess. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. Hmm. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Yeah, fuck you, Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. Holy hell. Why don't we celebrate Esther Day? I don't know. Well, we have Easter, but that's totally that's different. That's different. Also, I'm assuming that in this particular case, they haven't consummated any sort of relationship in this. So she gets a crown. She gets a holiday. She gets a queenship. It's a, I'm assuming Vashti wasn't queen, or they just moved her over to co-queen. They denounced her title. We oh, learned that her. in the last I wanted to be chapter, sure. remember? Okay. I didn't know if she was queen-queen, and they just denounced, like, Removed her, more or less? They, they removed her, more or okay. less, is what um, I understand. Or if she was about to be queen with the crown thing, and she's like, no, I don't want to see my public. Fuck them. Um, So cool. Okay, Esther is queen now. Yep. All right. Well, happy ending. Oh, there's We're more. We're only in chapter two. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> when the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting in the, at the king's gate, but Esther had kept her... See her. 
<laughs> but Esther had kept secret her family background and nationality just as Mordecai had told her to do. Mm. For she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthana and <laughs> Tresha. Bigthana nope. and Treshna. These bitches. Teresh. Teresh. I think is actually how you say that. I added extra syllables. Hmm. Two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. Oh, shit. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were hanged on a gallows. All this was recorded in the book of the annals. annals. <laughs> All right. I in like the that book. presence of the king. <laughs> All right. So Mordecai is moving up in the world. So Mordecai <laughs> saved the day because the king didn't get assassinated, which right. is pretty cool. But he told Esther to tell the king. Right. Which is the, what part a, of a cool thing. What a great career move. Mm-hmm. For both of them, in the sense of like, I'll watch shit from the outside. And, oh, what we look, we lucked out. Should have grabbed another one of these. Oh well, we can have a miniature intermission if you need. Um, to have a career move of like, hey, daughter, you're queen. Great. Hey, by the way, which you know, yeah. Uh, assuming all of this is true, and not like politically spurned of like, who can I have killed and move me up to something cool? Oh, these two fucking guards. What are they gonna do? Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I do that a lot in the microphone. But ladies okay. don't burp. They just expel air f- quickly. Something like that. <laughs> okay, chapter three. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamedatha, the hmm. Ag- Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. Hey. All of the all the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Uh-oh. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. Oops, maybe. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down to pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead... Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. <laughs> what an ex- what a like drastic response. <laughs> he was so hateful that not only am I gonna fuck up you, I'm gonna fuck up your whole people for Everybody. not bowing. Okay. Fuck Haman. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. I know you were like, oh he's nope. He's not cool. <laughs> In the twelfth year of Xerxes, so some time has passed. Okay, so in five the, years, yeah. Something like that. In the first month, the month of Nisan, the cast <laughs> The Liam years. Sure. <laughs> they cast the Pur, that is the lot, in the presence of Hammond to select a day and month, and the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Hmm. For Oh, for Mordecai or for everybody? Oh, that was oh what, this I is see. when they're gonna. That's like we they are, decided we on have a decided day. We have decided to kill all the Jews on this day. <laughs> Got it. 
That's okay. what that little section was. So December something, mm-hmm. I assume. Ish, you know. Then Hammond said to King Xerxes, there is a certain people dispersed and scattered among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose customs are different from those of all other people and who do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was like, it's been going great for 12 years. Right? What, do, what do I give a shit about? <laughs> if it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will put 10,000 talents of silver into the royal treasury for the men who carry out this business. Well, I mean, how many people? Like, I guess at that point it'd be like, how many people are we talking about killing? Because uh, we could use some more talents of gold now that I've been giving out gold <laughs> left and right like 12 years ago. <laughs> All right. You know. Like 20 people? <laughs> so the king took his... You have to remember Esther's also a Jew. I know. So. I, I knew that. But the, the world doesn't necessarily know that. But right, I'm assuming... she's kept her secret. Hammond's been, you know... If you were kind of like, wait a sec. <laughs> Unless she just showed up on her onesies, I guess. But I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yep. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Hammond, son of... Hamaditha and Agatite. As if there were any doubt in the story who the hell he'd be. Right. Because we said it like a couple paragraphs ago. (laughs) Just want you to be sure. (laughs) The the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Oh, bad move. Always get the money. Then on the 13th day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province... And in the language of each people, all Hammond's orders to the king's satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various peoples. Hmm. Okay. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring, because he gave Hammond his ring. Right. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the orders to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's not a good dude. A copy of... <laughs> yeah, Xerxes even was just like, meh, do it for free. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, we didn't like him in 300 either, but like, you know, right. he was starting out being okay and lucking out pretty well. Anyway... A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. Spurred <laughs> Except on, the yeah. Jews, I'm sure. <laughs> Who probably were like, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> uh, okay. Spurred on by the king's command, the couriers went out and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Hammond sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. <laughs> Going like, wait a three. sec, we're killing everything? <laughs> chapter four. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth sack and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. Hmm. Well, I would As too if I they were too. like, hey, motherfuckers, <laughs> they're going to kill all of us. <laughs> But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. Oh, well. I mean, he was wearing rags. I mean, okay. In every province to which the edict 
And order of the king came. There was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. I would too, because that's really depressing. We're all going to die on this day. Awesome. I, I, uh, I, I guess, you know, when you make like a pittance a day and all of it goes to bread or something, getting out of Dodge is probably a, a tall order. Huh. Okay. Well, shit. So they're all just preparing for the worst. Mm -hmm. Wearing the most uncomfortable of burlap. Yeah. And <laughs> throwing ashes on themselves, which, all right, <laughs> see what happens. When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Athak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. Oh, so she has no idea, but she just is like, Dad, yeah, you're embarrassing me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I don't think it was like that. I think she was, like, genuinely worried. I hope so, but, like, you know. So, Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to urge her to go to the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. <laughs> Pretty please, because this is not going to end well for all of us. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai. All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the intercourt without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Wait. Do you know what that means? I'm kind of lost. Okay. So what happened? So... Esther, in order to go to the king, has to be summoned because oh. no one can just walk up to the king. Smart. Esther hasn't been summoned in 30 days. It's been a hot minute. The only exception is like if you walk in unannounced and the king extends his scepter to you, then you're like not going to be put to death because that's the decree. Of like, you will no, no, if it's you, okay. <laughs> right. If you walk into my presence, I'm going to kill you. Right. Unless I like. Put my staff out to you. What a convenient and awesome law to put in there as king. Right. I mean, for me, I'd probably be waving around that scepter a lot, being like, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that means. So she told the guy Got to go it. tell Mordecai, Here's like, I what... can't really do this. Because it's a f essentially a 50-50 chance, especially when apparently I'm his favorite. I am the queen. But I haven't been summoned in a month. <laughs> so... Because, you know. Scary times. Yeah, apparently. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'd be, you know, being like, Laura, it's okay. <laughs> 30 days. Anyway. Anyway. When Esther's... Let me try Take that again. Two. Take two. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not... Whoa. Whoa. Thin pages. Well, and there's also like a big chunk right here. That is not part of the words. Oh, I see. So it caught me off guard. Okay. 
Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for all the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows uh, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. I mean, I, I get it. Makes sense. It's a wonderful guilt trip of like, you can stay silent. And, then we're all going to die. But we will all die. Mm -hmm. Or you can, you know, take on the potential of this and maybe save all of us. Right. Or join the rest of us right. in super death. You can see it a bigger thing. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's still good. Thank you. Recording still. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Weird okay. wording. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. <laughs> well, so all right. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. All right. Okay, we're going to fast. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, chapter well, five. see what happens, I guess. All right, halfway chapter through, five. almost. In a minute, we'll be halfway through. Hmm. All right, chapter five. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the golden scepter that was in his hand. Hopefully he was very much like, oh, yeah, you, come on in here. Right. <laughs> I got some shit for you to do. <laughs> so Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a euphemism. <laughs> oh, God, if only. <laughs> but maybe, I don't know. I will spare you by showing you my royal cock. <laughs> You're doing ding that's right, but whatever. <laughs> then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given you. Oh, well, this is going to be a big ask, but. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, Now what is your petition? It will be given you, and what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther replied, oh, also, No, I just think nope, it's also good. smart for the king to go like, because, you know, you, you see in this like mythology and old English kings and things like that, being like, if it's in my power to give it to you, I will give you anything in my kingdom. Xerxes here is pretty smart being like, look, I can give you some cool shit. Up to half because I have to. The right, because like I still. I gotta have at least fifty-one percent of the shares in order for this to, for me to still be ruler. Which you know, <laughs> nice. Okay. Anyway, that was that was my thought. No, you're good. I was trying to like let you. <laughs> Esther replied, "My petition and my request is this: if the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request." Let the king and Hammond come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. God damn it. You <laughs> take some time. She's playing the long con. No kidding. But it's important. I guess. <laughs> like, All right. Well, see what... Yeah. It's important. Okay. Okay. 
I would call this a filler episode if this were in Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, it is a filler episode right <laughs> how, now. But how many banquets do I have to go to? <laughs> and then they closed the doors and Reigns of Castamere started playing oh, and yeah, people loaded sad. some crossbows and Xerxes looks and under uh, you know, a blanket or something of Esther and she's wearing chainmail and Xerxes slaps her across the face and then eventually oh. Esther is like the Jews send their regards and stabs it. I don't know. That's where I'm picturing this going, but Xerxes doesn't go this way, I think. I think. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. Wow. John thinks the Bible is Game of Thrones. It could be. Vaguely. I mean. <laughs> Hammond went out that day happy and in high spirits. Let's try again. <laughs> Got on the Game of Thrones talk and we're changing tones. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. <laughs> Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all. <laughs> Haman added, I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave, and she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. <laughs> that Jew Mordecai. Yeah, like harsh. Yeah, wow. it's the one word that is both like it is what it is and also instantly it, the tone change is racist. Yeah. Very topical. Like a Jew did this. All right, whatever. <laughs> or you can do like, yeah, a bunch of people were here. Whites, blacks, Jews, and like. <laughs> his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends said to him, have a gallows built 75 feet high and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go to the king, go with the king to the dinner and be happy. Hmm. This suggestion delighted him, and, and he had the gallows built. <laughs> Brilliant! What time's the banquet? We'll kill him before. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a motherfucker. I know. We're halfway through. Pause. Animation! What a show. I'm John. And I'm Laurel. Hey, man. Uh, as much as uh, you guys like listening to other people, like, reading big, thick-ass books and stuff, would you ever mind watching someone doing something cool? It's not us. Not yet, anyway. Mm, maybe one day. But we got a buddy of ours who was doing that thing called the Twitch. It's streaming or whatever. He's pretty cool. He's doing Resident Evil 2 right now, and he gets real scared because he's kind of a pussy, and it's good fun to watch. <laughs> Um, but shit, man, how are we supposed to find it on this free Twitch app of some sort? Laurel, help me out. It's, his username is Leonhart, Leonhart72, website is twitch.tv slash Leonhart72, spelled L-E-O-N-H-A-R-T-E 72. Huh. Wednesdays at three o'clock. Wednesdays at three o'clock to see Leonhart studio, Leonhart, what was that again? Twitch.tv slash Leonhart72. Leonhart72. Adrian, oh my goodness, we're giving it back to you. Love you, Adrian. If only you knew what my podcast was! Oh, and we're, oh my God. And we're back. I forgot. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, if only someone was filming this. That was really funny. 
Um, okay, Can so <laughs> yeah, um, we have Esther who's who's holding multiple banquets, but Mordecai might be killed by, by Hammond. gallows by the gallows oh, by no. hung. He's getting hung in the in the worst way possible. Um, but I don't know, like in the morning or sometime the next day or something like that. But hopefully, Esther can stop this stuff. But Laurel has found is this is this a uh, blue text thing you find later? Yeah, or? no, it's like this big blue. Um, should I say trigger warning? I never say trigger warning for these. No, things. it's not a trigger warning, but it's it doesn't I, really relate to Esther either. I don't really. So know like, what. I'm very confused about why it's in this chapter. I'm excited. So, what's it say? Okay. So just to preface this, this is a Bible that I was given by my parents. It's like for teenage girls. Okay, so it's called True Images, and it's got all these things about, you know, growing up and, like, you know, how to be the best Christian teenager you can be, which... (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Wow. <laughs> I am a delight. Thank you very much. You married me. The guy who has a little podcast is wondering what the fuck the Bible is, I guess. Anyway. So it's called Modesty in Focus. Ooh. Okay. Sending a message. Profile oh. Isabel. Oh, no. Okay. might be a discussion for a different podcast but like would it would it be worse read by a man yeah (laughs) my cousin sasha and i went to the mall today and got the best deals i'm amazed at how much i saved on this little red sweater i guess that's probably because it's so little my dad doesn't approve of the tighter stuff i've been buying lately but then again i'm his daughter and it's been 20 years since he was in high school. Besides, Sasha wears this stuff every day and she looks great and gets all sorts of attention. She always seems to have a date. Since I've only been asked out twice, Sasha's been encouraging me to loosen up a little. She says you've <laughs> got to send a message to guys to let them know you're available. And you know what? She's right. <laughs> I mean, When we went shopping a few weeks ago, I picked up some tight jeans and a tank top that really shows off my figure. The day I wore them to school, this guy who never talks to me walked over at lunch and started flirting big time. It was kind of flattering, you know. A few months ago, I was worried about finding a date to prom, but Sasha says she knows a couple guys who would love to take me. I wonder what I'll wear. Modesty in focus. When you dress sexy, you send a message. If you don't want to be seen as a sex object, (laughs) then don't advertise your body by trying to get guys to want you sexually. Sounds harsh? It's hardly meant to be. Remember, there's no harm in looking good, but Christians are supposed to focus on what's noble, right, and pure. See, Philippines. <laughs> We're Philippians. not even at Philippines. This Philippians. <laughs> Philippians 4, 8, page 1, 5, 5, 3. Are you doing that or obsessing about looks? Are you helping guys to focus on God or contributing to them having impure thoughts? Um, if you want to meet a quality guy who loves you for who you are, then don't settle for shallow attention. Think twice about what you're wearing and develop the habit of seeking God's approval, not the stares of guys (laughs) around you. (laughs) Seeking God's approval. Oh, mercy's sakes. (laughs) Well, Laurel, uh, what do you think about all that? (laughs) Teach your boys manners. Let girls wear what the fuck they want. I just... 
I could go on about this subject all day, like, to be honest. Hmm. Cat is eating something. Hey, shit for brain. Like, legit, I could, there's, there are things that young Christian females are subjected to that are not correct. Like, okay, yeah, if you don't want to wear the tight tank top and the skinny jeans, like, whatever, don't wear them. But, like, don't shame her for wearing them either. Mm. And don't put her where it's her fault if a boy is like, oh, she looks good. Like, that's not her, like. Right. Teach your boys not to sexualize 13-year-old girls. That'd be nice. But girls are allowed to look pretty and sexy and whatever they want without boys going up to them and sexualizing them. And that is not the point of Esther, but, like, come on. Right. Do better, (laughs) society. (laughs) This message brought to you by Laurel Waters. And ah. our three out of four animals who are hanging around the okay. tiny studio space. The one animal that the studio's named after is not present. He's not that old. he's not around, but he's he's not he's old. here right he's now. He's snoozing somewhere. Taking a nap. Anyway, sending a message. Anyway, that was not. <laughs> I don't know why that's featured in this book. It's very weird. I imagine boys don't get that same message of, like, if you've been working out all summer, you probably shouldn't be, you know, wearing, not being, you might, right, shouldn't you be walking around shirtless. you probably shouldn't be wearing a t-shirt with tighter arms because that's too sexual for the ladies. And women cannot control themselves <laughs> around a good Christian man like, with a six-pack. D- <laughs> Ask yourself, are these muscles for, are these muscles for God? Or are they for... Uh, sending a message to women. Right. <laughs> what? Are th- so, are there God-approved clothes? Out of curiosity, like in Christian stores, because there those exist. I'm assured. I have no idea if they do or not. I assume they do. That would be uh, patent pending. Um. um <laughs> although coming from this particular podcast would be a fucking treat. I mean, like, the church that I went to, like, as a kid and an early teenager, because we stopped going when I was probably 16-ish. Uh-huh. Um, 15, somewhere in there. But, uh, you know, I was rejecting those ideas already. At that. I mean, you know what it was? Because I was 15 or 16, and I was like, yeah. Fuck this. I want to, you know, have a cigarette and do the weed and I mean, see really, boys. But, you know, I like, I liked, you know. Like it, like you could wear jeans and you could wear whatever you wanted, but like if you showed up in a spaghetti strap, you were kind of shamed. Hmm. You couldn't show your bra straps. That was a big no-no. Hmm. Because how dare I wear a bra to conceal my boobs? <laughs> like, <sighs> I'm sorry. Quit uh, looking uh, at my tits. Right, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my bra strap fell, and you can see it. Like, just you fix it and you just move on with your fucking day. Right. And, like, if I wore, like, shorty short, short shorts hmm. to, like, Wednesday church whatever, 
because I would never wear those on a Sunday. Hell had frozen over. To church. But there was, like, a lot of shame about that. Hmm. And, like, if you didn't wear baggy clothes, you were kind of shamed for it. And I was like, but I like my little, like, tank tops and... Right. I'm fucking 15 and 16. I have a fucking boyfriend that I make out with. <laughs> I'm sorry. Frequently. And he... <laughs> Like, I liked that he liked what I wore. Right. It made me more confident. Mm-hmm. And, like, shouldn't confidence be the key? Like, if you feel good about what you're wearing, like, if you want to wear baggier clothes or, like, cover your shoulders and not wear short, like, what the fuck ever? Right. Like, isn't that more in God's image? Like, shouldn't you be more confident in the body that God gave you? Hmm. Not being shamed for the body that God gave you and, like, not want to... Like, accentuate the features that God specifically designed you for? Because that was always my view. Because if God didn't want you to look like that and wear clothes and things that make you confident and feel like your best self, like, why? What? I don't understand the issue. I agree. However, I'm going to I'm gonna devil's advocate for the sake of, like, awfulness. Okay. Not for any, no, like... No, I know. Because I know. <laughs> I... As most people who are listening to this, uh, I this don't. This does not relate to Esther, I, by the I way. I mostly have no opinion beyond like, ooh, Laurel's dressing sexy today. Hot damn, maybe something will happen. Um, that's about as far as I tend to take things. But the the point I wanted to throw out there for like the potential of any other Christians being like, the body doesn't matter, but it's the clothing that's trying to send them. It's the imagination part, the 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 trying to tempt. Tempt the the sweet boys, etc. I'm I'm I don't agree with it. I think it's fucking dumb. But the only reason I, I throw it out there is just to be like, here's what someone probably it's, is saying, which is fucking dumb. To be like, well, instead of buying the thong, maybe um the granny panties work just fine. And then your just... argument of like confidence again. Right. I I stand my ground on. God gave you the body you were meant to have. Why? Like, if you are confident in, you know, like, long skirts and, like, you're everything covered because that's what makes you feel confident, I love that. If you're confident in a fucking mini skirt with your tits hanging out, I love that. Like, anywhere on the spectrum. It doesn't matter. Because God gave you that body and God wants you to feel like your best self. I assume the old shouldn't you feel like your best self? Because I'm pretty sure Jesus isn't gonna come back and be like, "You're going to hell for wearing a tank top." Although at like, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't do that. Although at this time in the Bible, the Old Testament God is pretty, pretty tough. And I don't even understand why this story is in Esther because Esther is not about that. It's about bravery and speaking up for yourself. And like, she made the audience with the king, right? Without having permission, like that's very brave, right? Why does wearing clothing have to do with that? I mean, it doesn't Sorry, <laughs> podcast people. This is not your normal content. Yeah, it's usually dumb boy content. <laughs> the whole is like, it made me mad. As it should. Because someone, in 2006, I would have been... Let's see, that was 14 years ago? If almost 15 years 15-ish ago? 15-ish years ago? At the time of this podcast, yes. Because I'm 27. Uh-huh. Let's see. So, what, 13? 13, 14? 12 or 13, maybe? Christmas so, of 06, so 13. So, that would that particular paragraph, if you were plowing through, reading your favorite passages or whatever, would that have 
affected it you. It probably would have at the time. Right. And, like, that's not cool. Don't mold people to be ashamed of their bodies and mm. what they're wearing. Yeah, Alfie. Did he make a sound? He did. He just whined about it. <laughs> Don't shame girls for wearing what they want. Yeah. Ah! Don't. Ah, expensive. I wasn't going to. I. The podcast people listening don't know. <laughs> Theater of the mind, Laura. <laughs> Put down that jug of moonshine. Let's get back. <laughs> that like, really makes me mad, though. Okay. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't want to like, I want to affirm it, but I don't want to be like, I don't know, mansplaining, I guess. Of You're like... not being mansplaining. You're <laughs> listening to your wife who grew up in that world. Mm. Reject those norms, I guess. Right. And like, I would say I dress more conservatively, conservatively than most people because I really don't wear like shorty short booty shorts. I yeah. don't, you know, like if I wear a skirt, it, it comes to about my knees, if not longer, like. I wear tank tops and like what? I don't like, know. I think, my, I think I think your shorty shorts have gone that that phase of your right. That's like gone. But when I was sixteen, it was you was all it the was time. different, and it was also the late two thousands. That was the thing to wear, right? Like, like goddamn. <laughs> like don't shame me for wanting to show off my beautiful legs. Mm. Anyway, getting distracted. <laughs> okay. So back to Mordecai and Esther. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Daddy dearest might be killed. Uncle, but yeah. Oh, uncle. Oh, un adopt adopted father, uncle in real life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Chapter six. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. He brought. Okay. All right, fair enough. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. Ah, remember so that went, from a couple chapters so ago. So he went to the he went to the back of the book and was like, "How great am I?" Yeah, boop boop. boop. Was like reading about it and was like, "Oh yeah, that happened five years ago or whatever." What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? Oh the shit! I assume he would have gotten something like right. I wouldn't even think about it, and I even talked about like what a career move it was. Right. And like five years, Mordecai's like at least he wasn't like oh hey by the way, I sent an invoice to your husband quote unquote and he has not fulfilled. <laughs> be like Mordecai. Don't be, be like Mordecai. <laughs> okay. Nothing has been done for him. His attendants answered. The king said, "Who is in the court?" Now, Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai on the gallows he had erected for him. Huh. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. Hold on. Did yes, he ask sorry. about Mordecai or did he ask about where's Mordecai or did he ask where Haman he, is? He said, who's in the court? Because oh, someone was okay. walking through the court. <laughs> Got it. Because I could have sworn you said, where's Mordecai? And be like, Haman's in the courtyard. And my as kingly thing being like, I don't give no. a Fuck where he is. No, the king said, who is in the court, ah. is the sentence. <laughs> I jumped the gun. He I did. would be a very angry, belligerent king. But 
Hammond was like, I'm going to go tell the king that and I we... built this thing to kill Mordecai. Although Here it I seems come. excessive. Did they, they must have like like uh, the tents we have for summer that they just erect a gallows and not keep it permanently. Because it would have been convenient just to keep the gallows up for the two guards and be like, eh, we'll probably hang someone later. I don't know. I don't know that historical fact, honestly. Me neither. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, Hammond is sitting in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Hammond entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? All right. Now, Hammond thought to himself, because, you know, the king's thinking about, like, how to honor Mordecai. What a, like, <laughs> a comedy of errors that's about to happen here. Who, what should I give someone who is just tops? Oh, he must be talking about me. <laughs> oh. That's exactly what happens. Probably a, a, you know, a pass to the concubines and the harem would be a good start. And then... <laughs> Now Hammond thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? See, so he like totally called this. Oh, I, I called it on him. Oh, okay, yes. So, okay, yes. That, he thought yes, yes, that yes. to himself, Mr. Hammond. Did. I am the tippy top. I am king. So he answered the king, for the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed upon its head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets proclaiming before him this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor oh so this whole parade thing you did in the beginning was actually a thing that happens <laughs> i assume what you talked about like mordecai gets paraded around and hammond is talking about you should Put this guy on a kick-ass horse and put him in nice new clothes and parade him around the city is like, look at this guy. But uh, Hammond thinks that this is for him. Right, but uh, yes. Go at once, the king commanded Hammond. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew who sits <sighs> at the king's gate. Do not, neglect do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Hammond got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. <laughs> My bad, it's five years late, but we never better late than never. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Hammond rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. I mean, it's all his own fault. Like, if he was just like, eh, what's one Jewish guy not bowing? Right. He wouldn't be in all this tizzy of, like, creating his own fucking demise, it sounds like. But it does sound like also they're still going to kill a bunch of Jews in the middle of December. Right, like we still haven't Here's some resolved robes. that. Here's a house. <laughs> We're going to get it back. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, or I guess that's like the means to be like, hey, thanks for the horse and the robe. I'm going to sell the, the, the robe and probably some shit you put on the horse and get the fuck out of fucking Persia. Fuck out of Dodge, man. Yeah, man. Anyway. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Hammond away to the banquet Esther had prepared. Hmm. Well, okay, so Uncle Dad is safe. And we have For this right banquet. Now. Oh, do we have another blue terrible thing? Or? No. Oh. I was adjusting my, oh, my I thought grip you like, on the Bible. I thought you sighed being like, fuck. Fuck all of this. <laughs> I burped. 
Oh, that was your burp? I assumed you would just do it right into the bleh. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So the king and Hammond went to dine with Esther. And as they were drinking wine on that second day, the king asked again, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, O king, and if it pleases your majesty, grant me my life. This is my petition. And spare my people. This is my request. For I and my people have been sold for destruction and slaughter and annihilation. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. I mean... What? I mean, life is better than death, I guess, and and not to you know knock the history of what I've been reading before, but like, eh, we've been there before. It was okay. <laughs> I mean, it was not great, but yeah. at this point in the assumed Jewish history, God has kind of disappeared for a moment, right? Because you know the kings have not been great about right following the orders. However, the multitude of people under him have you know. We don't know their particular plots. Fucking God, man. Anyway. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he? Where is the man who has dared to do such a thing? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this vile Haman. (laughs) Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. But Hammond, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. I mean, did he decide? I mean, not necessarily written down. I'm assuming he's like, he's probably pissed. And I wish we had a bit more history of like Xerxes being like, sir, I dropped your cup. And he ripped somebody, you know, someone's spine out or something. But all right, now he's going to do the like impossible task of like, Hey, Esther, Esterino, we need love. (laughs) Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Hammond was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. Hey, how you doing? The king exclaimed, will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? (laughs) Way to walk in on like the, I am so mad. He's going to fuck my wife. Oh, my God. Kill him. (laughs) As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Hammond's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said a gallows 75 feet high stands by Hammond's house. He made it for Mordecai, (laughs) who spoke up to help the king. The king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Hammond on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. There's a part of me and chapter seven that pictures, <laughs> and it and it's probably awful. It's probably the worst thing I could probably say on this that's going out on the internet. But I kind of picture like all these seven eunuchs because they're you know they're very broy with, uh, with Esther throughout this whole thing. That I kind of picture them being like Esther's gay best friends this whole time. Oh, I love it. I love and this that. this idea of just like girl. Mm, oh my god, we're gonna make you look so fucking good. Holy shit. Don't put on that fucking dress. Oh, my God. You're not a fucking elephant. Girl, we got you. Girl, we help you with this. Girl, we'll help you save Mordecai. We got you. Oh, my God. He did this. Can you believe he built a gallows on that side of town? I mean, if you're going to kill someone, put it over there. And then eventually you have the one eunuch who was like, eh, I don't really like you, but I still, you know, think you're the queen. Does the thing of just like, hey, by the way. 
what are we to do with this guy? Being like, well, my well, lord. By there's the this. Way. I wouldn't. I, I don't, don't like wanna... love her, but like. There's a gallows like 75 feet that way. Great. <laughs> Move him over there. 75 feet high. It was at Hammond's oh. house. Well, I imagine that Hammond's house was not too far from the palace. I assume not, but I don't know. I just wanted you to get <laughs> 75, your facts right. Okay, so 75 feet tall gallows. Who needs to be hung from that high of a place? Apparently, Hammond thought it's like a did. bungee jump for your neck. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so <laughs> I don't know about you, King, but Hammond built this wonder of the world. It's a 75 foot gallows. Holy shit. Hang him from that. Can we see it from the balcony? Of course. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's do that. I like this scene. I've I created. like it. I like it too, actually. I'm pretty, I'm pretty fond of it. Mm. I like that a lot. Okay. All right, so uh, that was chapter six or seven? That was seven. Oh, so we're on eight, nine, we have eight, nine, ten left. Okay, yep. so all's well that ends well so far. Okay. <laughs> that same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Hmm. And Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told him how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai. Oh. And Esther appointed him over Hammond's estate. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, career move. Totally. Love it. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Hammond the Agagite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do... And if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Hammond's son of Hamadessa, <laughs> the Agagite. I had I had just forgotten about the order to kill them all. I thought like, oh, right, we're going to kill the guy who made the order. Huzzah, it's all saved. The order's still going to be It's still there. Out. It's still there. <laughs> Good job, Esther, for really... Crossing those T's and dotting those I's. Esther's kind of a badass. Because I would have sat down after great. the bad guy died, as every action movie has told me solves the problem. No, she's pretty great. All right. Yeah. Um, Go devised Esther. Devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? Wow. <laughs> Xerxes made a real left turn there, but I guess he didn't know his no, wife was No, that was, was Esther Jew. still. Oh, I see. King Xerxes it... replied is the next sentence. Oh. <laughs> replied with like your family, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all, if you could just see the face I gave John. It was it was the the unilateral term of like bitch. <laughs> King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew. Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and now they have hanged him on the gallows. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring, for no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. Lol, JK on order 66. Got it. <laughs> yep. At once the royal secretaries, 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 his secretaries, were summoned on the 23rd day of the third month, the month of Sivan. Oh, okay. So, so they had they, some time. Whew, this wasn't like, quickly, we've got to send this shit out. They had a whole almost a year yeah. to figure this shit out. Okay. Whew, okay. 
they wrote out all of Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These Holy orders. Shit. Okay, so this is a huge. We established order. that. Oh, I guess previously. so. I didn't. I didn't. I assumed it was just. See, I I did the stupid thing of assuming that it was like all the Jews in, in like the the capital city, quote unquote. Everything okay? I had a weird picture of you guys. Oh, is it like a thing? Anyway, I assumed the uh, it was just like the capital city of whatever Persia was going to be purged. Not like you know, here's the Middle East all the way to India is going to be purged of Jewish people. I. We said that earlier. I'm sure you did. <laughs> John doesn't listen. Very well. Okay. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Hmm. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring, and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. Oh, nice. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves nice. to destroy, kill, and annihilate any armed forces of any nationality or province that might attack them and their women and children and to plunder the property of their enemies. That sounds like a real great way for the Jewish people to be like, you want to start an army? <laughs> like The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all the provinces of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. Oh. A copy of the text in the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality. Well, so, so, the, so even even back then, shit moves pretty slowly. Slower, mm -hmm. for sure, but like, yeah. son of a bitch. To get like two emails out, essentially, was like, hey, stop this. And then eight months later, yeah. <laughs> it was like, by the way, here's this other thing you get. Right. Okay. So that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves of their enemies. Huh. Well. <laughs> well, okay. Because if people didn't hear the decree and they were already, like, planning on it, then the Jews had permission to, like, oh, be I like, see. you're wrong! Stab. On the Oh, okay. On the offhand chance yeah. that, like, if this message didn't get delivered, at least this one definitely will. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to exactly. be a real bad day in some other part of the kingdom. Snail mail, if you will. <laughs> yeah, no shit. The couriers riding the royal horses raced out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was also issued in the citadel of Susa. Hmm. Mordecai left the king's presence wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province, province, and in every city, wherever the edict of the king went, there was joy and gladness among the Jews, with feasting, celebrating, and and celebrating. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because fear of the Jews had seized them. Huh. End chapter eight. <laughs> huh. Well, I mean, they kind of like Xerxes kind of gave him be like, "Hey, you are now." You know, you're here, but you also have the power to yourselves. And I imagine, a, yeah, that would that would be kind of a selling point for anybody to be like, all I have to do is convert. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, sign me up, I guess. Mm -hmm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, chapter nine. 
On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who att- who hated them. Huh. Yeah. The Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those seeking their destruction. Oh, on. <laughs> so, yes, you got this, but now there's, I, I don't want to call it anything, but like all these yeah. pissed off Jewish people are like, you're giving us what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start fucking up some districts. Definitely an uprising. That is not called Triumph of the Jews is the chapter's name. Uh, well, I hope they treat Xerxes okay in this upcoming I think, bit. I think they do, but I don't know. Because I bet he's like, I didn't imagine that me telling them this was going to make this much smoke around town. Mm. <laughs> I thought they could just be like, you can buy a spear now. <laughs> anyway government good <laughs> government you gotta lay that shit out even though this bible book does put out a lot of stuff of like this guy you know the this guy mm-hmm. constantly they're a little vague on the whole like and you can defend yourselves from anybody well people who hate you oh okay <laughs> let's make this shit happen all right, triumph of the Jews. All right. Um, no one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Smart. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces, and he became more and more powerful. Oh. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. Oh, well, that's not as much as I thought they were going to kill, but that's still a mighty number. That's only in Susa. Right. In the citadel. So we can assume, you know, there's a couple of towns on the way to to India, so... Still, if, if it's that, you know, colossal amount of people. I was assuming it's going to be thousands of people were killed. Right. All right. Well, yay. <laughs> 500. They also killed Parshanditha. Parshanditha. Dolphin. Dolphin. Ki- oh. <laughs> they killed a dolphin? Oh, my God. Aspatha. Horatha. Uh. Adlia. Are you think I said your name? Nothing. Aridatha, Parmashta, Arisai, Aridai, and Vizatha, the ten sons of him and son of Oh <laughs> Hamadana, nice. the enemy of the Jews, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Just oh, killed them. Okay. That seems like a wasted opportunity, but all right. Huh. Well, I guess we're just going to cut that line right off. Woo! Okay. The number of those slain in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The (laughs) king said to Queen Esther, Hey! (laughs) The Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and the 10 sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? 
Now, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? It will also be granted. What a good guy who wasn't like, oh my God, look what you have wrought upon my kingdom, which might have been, you know, my heathenistic thought at first, but still, <laughs> wonder what she asks for. Being like, give leniency, maybe. Being like, they're just mad right now. If it pleases the king, Esther answered. Give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also, and let Hanan's ten sons be hanged on gallows. I thought they were already killed. They were. Oh, so they're going to hang him too? Mm -hmm. Oh, well. So the king commanded that this be done. An edict was issued in Susa, and they hanged the ten sons of Hanan. So they gave the Jews another day of like, everybody, you get one more purge day, okay? Basically. And we're going to hang these 10 guys on, like, the city walls and stuff. Just, you know, congrats, you did it. Ooh. <laughs> Son of a the bitch. The Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Okay. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them. Holy Christ! <laughs> But did not lay their hands on their plunder. Still. This happened on the 14th day of the month of Adar on the 14th. And on the 14th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. Uh, uh, hold on. So this, this happened on the 13th day. I'm sorry. Okay. So the 75,000 was across yeah. everything. India to Kush. So, you know, I don't know how many towns are in between then and there. A couple thousand miles, right, of, of land mass. True. <laughs> and probably a couple of Jews hanging out in each town. So, and probably just as many people like fucking hating him. But 75,000 people over two days getting super killed. And even though getting permission to be like, take what you find. Don't take anything. They're like, eh, we didn't take anything. We're good. Which, missed opportunity, I suppose. But like, all right. Hopefully these Jews have sated their bloodlust. Because right. I'd be scared. I'd be like, they killed, right? how, many, they killed how many people? <laughs> Hold on. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. Yay. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observe the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. Oh, so we have a semi-Christmas thing going on. Sort of. Hanukkah-ish. Not really, but you know. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes near and far. And to have boy, them is his tired. Yeah. <laughs> to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar at the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies. All right. And as the month... When their sorrow had turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. Hey, all right. Things are working out. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun, doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadetha, and the, the Agagite, <laughs> the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the purr, that is the lot, for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil 
scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back into his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged from the gallows. Therefore, these days were called Purim from the word pur. Huh. Because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them, the Jews took it upon themselves to establish a custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, and in every province, in every city. And these days of Purim should never cease to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of them die out among their descendants. Yeah. So Queen Esther, daughter of Abihail, along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter concerning Purim, and Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Xerxes, words of goodwill and assurance to establish these days of Purim at their designated times as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regards to their times of fasting, lamentation. Okay, so this is a lot of legalese of like, they all (laughs) celebrated a lot and it all worked out and it's on paper. And there's two holidays. And now we have two holidays that get celebrated in every fucking town from every fucking person. a lot of words to say yes. There's two more days of Jewish holiday. It's pretty great. And the Jews were happy (laughs) for once. (laughs) Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim, and it was written down in all the records. Good. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Chapter 10. Hey, last one. (laughs) King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores, and all his acts of power and might together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king had raised him, are they not written in the book of the annals, annals of the kings <laughs> yeah. of Media and Persia? Mordecai the, the Jew. The annals of kings. Mordecai the Jew is second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people, and spoke up for the welfare of all Jews. Go Mordecai. End chapter 10. That's it? It was just like, wow, Chen is like, (laughs) and things worked out. And Mordecai really moved up the fucking ladder. Yep. Well, that was fun, right? We had a good time. We got Laurel mad a couple of times, but mostly it was laughs and discussions and things. Esther is very brave. Um, But I don't think there's a whole lot of ladies on future things. However... If eventually I finish the Bible and I find myself in with the Apocrypha, there is apparently a gospel according to Mary, which would be cool for you to read. Hmm. I don't know what's in it. It could be a bunch of ledgers on like, here's who I saw. Jesus kept showing up. I have no idea. Same. No idea. But if y'all want me to come back and read different chapters of the Please Bible, let me know. Please leave many a review and send an email off to the, uh, according to stupid at gmail.com. Or you can find us on the Twitter sphere at Accord to Stupid. And, of course, like, the big place you can find us is the website that isn't the website, but it's the website for me, www.johnwatersvoiceover.com forward slash podcasts, where you can just see all the shit that goes on down here. Yeah, good times. I might even put a picture of Laurel on there. Might be a real icky picture that both of us that were like, look how in love they are. Don't do that. That's disgusting. (laughs) 
All right. Well, that's uh, that's the podcast. Uh, Laurel, do you have anything you really want to say, sign off with, or be like, check out this shit or whatever? I don't do anything cool, so no. <laughs> <laughs> you do me. Uh, you've been Gospel Dude by the Stupid. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs>